Hello and welcome to Locked On Lease Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano, and joined here by my co-host, The Zoobs. How's it going, buddy? Feels like a rerun. Feels like we just saw this show. 4-3 <laughs> loss to the Caps where they play really well. Uh, here we go again. <laughs> Yeah, the losing 4-3 in overtime, at least they were able to get a point out of this one, and a well-earned point, might I add. I thought you know, th- this was a more complete game than they've played in the past uh, week or so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, there's, some, there's some concerns to be worried about, but hopefully it's nothing uh, too, too, too major. But uh, considering the circumstances of what happened in the game, I think coming out with a point, that's okay. That's not so bad. Um, I, it, they got off to a good start, obviously scoring uh, 40 seconds into the game, but I thought that the game really picked up in the third period, and that's kind of where a lot of the excitement started to happen. You know, But before that, the power play was a big issue in this game. 0 for 6 through the first two periods, finished 1 for 8 overall. They did finally score one goal on the on the power play. Uh, but, you know, the this is something that, is now a problem, I think. Although mm-hmm. they did score the one goal. I mean, you get eight opportunities, you better score yeah. at least one. So I don't want to commend them for, for scoring on the power play here. Uh, but, you know, again, you get eight opportunities on the man advantage. You got to bury. And that that was really the difference, the fact that Washington ended up getting two power play goals on the night. Yeah, one of them being the game winner. Exactly. Um Something else that I really liked about this game, although they lost, I felt, and we kind of been talking about it for the past few games now, they have, they, there hasn't been a lot of effort, mm-hmm. and they've been playing really soft. And I thought today that there was a, uh, they're playing with an edge to them. There was some chippiness, and especially I thought Austin Matthews. Um, this is a guy who I have been pretty hard on actually the last couple of games. You know, taking some big hits and doing nothing about it. His teammates doing nothing about it. And today he kind of said, nope, all right, I'm going to start doing something about it. You know, I said, oh, just give him a face wash. Give him a shove back or something. And we finally saw that today. Uh, another thing, you know, um, Tom Wilson had a big hit on both Jake Muzzin and Tyson Berry. We'll talk about the Muzzin hit in a, mo- in a moment. But a response after the hit, finally, I got so excited when I saw Freddie Gauthier go over and grab Tom Wilson and, and kind of give him a little bit of a shove and, and a face wash. It just, it seems like the team is finally hearing the media. And and, and I, I got to assume that they're talking about this themselves in the locker room where they had to start sticking up for themselves or they were just going to start getting taken advantage of. I thought tonight they put their foot down and it was a really entertaining game to watch kind of because of that. You know what would have been cool is if the response to those hits was power play goals. That would have been sick, personally. Well, they did. They, the, the one on, the one on uh, what was it, Matthew's goal? Yes. I think that was off of uh, off of the Barry hit. Yeah, so one for Off eight. of the charging, so one of them they did. Yeah. Um, you know, sure, it, it does, you know, it, it, it's good to see Frederick Goche uh, shoving around, but, I mean, we're talking about a game where they lost... Uh, Muzzin in the process and may, could have very easily lost Tyson Berry. I, I don't think that that pushback solved anything. I don't think it had Tom Wilson thinking twice about anything. I don't think it had anything to do with the reason they 
got a point out of this game. Um, sure, it's good to see them not be as willing to get pushed around, but uh, ultimately, scoring on the power play is the answer to those situations and not uh, taking your helmet off and getting shoved around. I, I understand the sentiment of what you're saying and that playing hard is what you really are, are talking about, but uh, I would prefer a really effective power play versus uh, some extra shoves. No, oh, for sure. But if they can get both those things going, well, then yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll really be sitting pretty. Uh, but yeah, Jake Muzzin leaving the game in the first period after taking a, a non-call charge by Tom Wilson. Uh, what were your thoughts on the hit? I hated it. I thought it was. Yep. I thought it was a charge. I thought he he got him in the knee. I thought the one on Barry was even worse. I thought Barry was way late. I think this is Tom Wilson. I think we we talked in the pregame the things we talked about. We talked about. Um, power play and special teams being important. That didn't happen. We talked about John Carlson being somebody that was important to look out for, and he was unreal again. So, uh, yeah, I didn't like the hit at all. Um, hopefully it's not too too big of a deal. Muzzin's really important and, and not a guy that you can have playing four and a half minutes in a game. The fact that they, ha- they got points out of a game where Muzzin only played four minutes is... is a good sign. I thought everybody else sort of buckled down. Uh, seemed like Dermot maybe got into the doghouse there in the middle in the middle part of this game because he was the only defenseman to not go over twenty minutes. Um, but yeah, no, didn't like it at all. And hopefully, it it seems like they aren't too concerned about Muzzin. But that's a somebody that is is really really important to this team right now. Yeah, no Tavares uh, up front. If Muzzin's gone for any extended period of time, that's definitely going to be worrisome for the Leafs. And go figure, the day that they get. Uh, their you know, young defenseman, Travis Dermott, back. Of course, they lose a guy who's been their most steady defenseman all season long. Uh, and and just listening to the post game a little bit, it sounds like they're, he's going to be okay. Uh, Babcock referred to it as just a Charlie horse. So whatever that means, <laughs> if it was a Charlie horse, he probably could have played. Horse, but... yeah. Charlie horse, you would think he's playing the, the period after, no? Yeah, that, that, that was my only kind of question that I have for Babs is like, are you saying that this guy doesn't play through a Charlie horse? He's 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 paid quite handsomely. I think he could get through that, but c'est la vie. He uh, didn't end up returning, and it sounds like they're not too concerned about his injury, so hopefully he doesn't miss any time, and if he does, maybe only a game or two because they cannot, cannot withstand a Jake Muzzin injury. Uh, but something that you mentioned that I thought was interesting also, the fact that Travis Dermott, uh, didn't play 20 minutes. He only played 12 minutes, 56 seconds of, of ice time, and which really surprised me because I thought once Muzzin went down, my first instinct was, well, gee, thank God Dermot's back. Now he can step up and play those big-time minutes. But he didn't end up actually getting much playing time after that. I think they went into the game thinking, yeah, all right, he'll probably he's got to ease him into it. He'll get you know, 12, 13 minutes, and that's all they gave him regardless of – uh, the injury to Muzzin, and in that case, Morgan Riley ended up playing a career-high 32 minutes, 38 seconds. That is a lot of hockey for Morgan Riley tonight. What did you think of his game? I thought he had uh, I thought he had a moments where he was very good and moments where he wasn't great. I don't think he was great uh, on the Oshie play, but I think generally with, with, with that many minutes, I think he was asked to do a lot, and and for the most part, was good. It's never an easy assignment against a team like the Caps, especially when you're playing more than half the game. So uh, it was good. Somebody was pressed into, you know, you're pressed into action like that. I thought he responded with about all you could ask for. If you look at 
McDermott sort of shift charts. There's there's some gaps there in the second period. He had a bit of a misplay that led to a chance, I believe, for Tom Wilson. And after that, he sort of was used sparingly the rest of the way. So um, he didn't have a ton of ice time in the middle of this game. I, I will take that as as rust. But curious that he that he even in a, in a rusty game with like with missing somebody as important to Muzzin that he didn't see his usage go up but we did see Justin Hall Justin Hall played 20 minutes 5 25 seconds which is uh that's more ice time than Tyson Berry got so uh maybe something there uh as, as Justin Hall got a lot of usage yeah and and even you know 5 on 3 and or 5 on 4 uh when they were in the in the overtime period blocking two shots uh on Ovechkin in the overtime period and just couldn't get in front of that third one that ended up in the back of the net but very encouraging to see Justin Hall Get that trust from Mike Babcock and go out there and say, yeah, you got my back, I got yours, and he's going out there and he's just blocking shots, playing some sound hockey. Um, I, I really like what we saw out of Justin Hall, and I like what we've seen him. He's put together a string of solid games, and I think the fact that he's actually playing on a consistent basis is helping out with that as well. Um, anything else you want to chat about from this game? Um, you know, more more someone some 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 more stuff. I, th- I thought, as you said, I thought Matthews played very well. I thought the tip yes was awesome. I thought he was fired up. I thought William Nylander continues to really impress. Um, and and a pretty good Cody CC game. If we're, if we're given if we're given praise to Riley, I thought CC was when you don't really notice Cody CC. That that to me is a good CC game. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, and I mean Cody CC if he's out there for nearly twenty five minutes. Uh, tonight and you didn't really notice him and when you did he was actually making some decent plays not too bad not too bad at a, at a CC good good game uh, for him um, all right so coming up next we'll do the good what we're gonna do is we're gonna do because it wasn't a terrible game I didn't want to do the good the bad the ugly so we're gonna do the good the bad and the decent so we're we're meeting in the middle here we're trying to be uh, more optimistic these days with the podcast so that'll be coming up <laughs> in just a moment all right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano alongside the Zoobs. Washington with a 4-3 overtime win over the Leafs tonight. Ovechkin with the OT winner. He had three points tonight, I believe. Two goals and an assist. Nope, four points. He had two goals, two assists. He was in on every single goal on the night. Uh, wow, he is something else. Something that we didn't really touch on in, in the recap just a moment ago. But... Um, so we're going to go ahead, because it was a good game out of the Leafs. It wasn't an ugly one. Instead of doing the good, the bad, the ugly, we're going to go meet uh, meet us halfway and go the good, the bad, <laughs> and the decent. Yes. So let's start it off. What was good about tonight for you? Uh, I thought, I thought you know, we mentioned, touched on this. I thought Matthews played his best game in, in probably a week. I thought he was, he demanded the puck out there. I, I loved the play on the... The tip goal, him calling for that pass and and really getting his ass in the way, and I thought he was, you know, re- ready to go uh, out of the gate. They finally got off to a good start. Um, three points, five shots. You know, this is what we expect from Austin Matthews, and and uh, he delivered twenty two minutes, like taking the lion's share. He was the he was the guy that they turned to when they needed just about anything, and he provided it. So. Um, you know, anytime he does two goals and a primary assist, you, you, you got to hand it to him. hundred percent. I had him as my good as well. I thought that this was, 
uh, easily. I think his best game of the season. He was there was a, a few plays defensively as well where he was really hard on the back check. Something that we hadn't seen from him lately. There's been a lot of criticisms about how he's been playing in in the defensive end, and we talked about that being something uh, kind of a key to the game. You know, D zone defense, not only from the defenseman but actually from the forwards. And I thought that Matthews actually did a pretty good job today of getting back and uh, and and playing some decently in his own zone. And then obviously you can't say enough about you know his offensive output that he put tonight. Beautiful tip. We we cannot express enough how amazing that tip was tonight. Also snapped Tyson Berry's 10-game 10, uh, 10 pointless streak, so that was great as well. Uh, Alright, what was bad about tonight? Um, You know, the power play. I don't think that's that's too crazy. I think when even with a goal, uh, one for eight, it's got to be it's got to be better than that. There needs to be it's just, you know, at at times for large stretches of this game there was a lot of penalties in this game for, for, first and foremost. It was, there was a ton there was a ton of, of of penalties. I think they were on the power play for more. There was than... nine. There was nine penalties by the Capitals. Eight penalties by the Maple Leafs. Yes. So they were on. They were on the ice for for twelve and a half minutes on the power play. Uh, you'd like to see more than one goal there, especially that they had a five on three that didn't really materialize much. I, I think there needs to be a little more uh, on the PP there. I don't think that's crazy to say. Yeah, I'd agree with you. And what's interesting, I don't know if you saw my the tweet on uh, on Locked On Leafs. You can go follow that Twitter. I I like to tweet during the games on that account. Um, I I noticed during the five on three after Babcock took the penalty. Did you see what the lineup was for the team? They had two defensemen. Yes. Both Riley and Muz, or both Riley and and uh, Tyson Berry out there. So we talked about that pregame, thinking is. Is this the time where they maybe make a bit of a change? And they did. It didn't work out, and it only happened during the five on three. So maybe that's what they're going to be doing. If it's you know five on four, they stick you know status quo. But if they got a two man advantage, maybe that's their setup. Um, and when they called the timeout, it was like, all right, we practice this. This is what we're going to deploy. Let's go out there and let, let's try and give it a go. So that was something also that I I, I took note of. And uh, although it didn't work out, it was something that I did like to see at a Babcock just proving that. He's not as stubborn as we say he is. He does try things every now and then. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't that make absolutely no sense to you to wait until it's a five-on-three to go with the double defenseman? I mean, yeah, you would think with one extra skater out there, you would want to have the second defenseman just in case, uh, in case one pinches in and then the puck ends up uh, out into the neutral zone just so that you have an extra man who can kind of get back on, on D. But, yeah, so be it. it at least we're seeing it. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. But, yeah, I agree. We It's something that I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more even at 5-on-4. Uh, for me, I had special teams in general. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you spoke about the power play and how poor that was, and that can't be stated enough. But also on the penalty kill, you know, just, well, the fact that they were undisciplined and took eight penalties anyways, two of which key penalties in overtime, which put them shorthanded, uh, a couple of times, and then obviously Ovechkin with the power play winner. Uh, you know, giving up two power play goals, that's not, uh, you know, you just you can't take eight penalties in a game. Yeah. And yeah. that's just not a recipe for success. So special teams and discipline, bad, 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 bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, what was decent about this game? I'm going to give a decent, I'm going to give this to Riley, I think, uh 
put in a really tough spot playing 33 minutes. Uh, the Corsi was about even, uh, 37-4, 38-against. When you're, when you're asked to do that much and put into that situation, that can be a really tough ask sometimes. And I thought he responded with about as good of a performance as you could ask. He wasn't, he wasn't super, super great, but um, you know, he was on ice for three goals, four, four against. He's on ice for every single goal of the game, basically. Um, I thought he was, he was put in a very, very difficult situation. And I thought he handled it as best as you could possibly hope that your number one defenseman would handle it when you lose somebody as important as Jake Muzzin. Yeah, I totally agree. That's a fantastic choice there. For me, it's something that I kind of talked about before, but I like the physicality in this game. Uh, they, were, they were kind of laying some hits, and there was a little bit of an edge and pushback from kind of everybody, and that was something that I really liked to see. So I thought that their physicality had a bit of an uptick after being called out for being soft and playing, you know, a, a soft style of hockey. So it was nice to see them kind of play a little more physical, especially against the Caps, who are a really heavy, uh, a good heavy team, especially against a guy like Tom Wilson, TJ Oshie. You know, these are these are guys who like to bang the body a lot. And uh, they were able to, to get under their skin a little bit and, and fight back and kind of stick up for themselves. So it was something that I, I like to see. I, and I know I talked about it before in the recap, but... Something that was good good to see going forward. Uh, all right. And was there anything that was really ugly about tonight? If if we do have to say, is there something that you have? Or was it not an ugly game? It was just... Um, you know, I, I put the thought of being without Jake Muzzin for an extended period as, as an ugly. If, if to get Dermot back and then Oof. immediately possibly have him. We talked before the game about him maybe bumping up the top four minutes. Well, it might be Justin Hall who plays in your top four, and that has potential to be troublesome. So uh, the thought of not having Jake Muzzin going forward isn't ugly. Luckily, they don't play again until the weekend, so they have time for him to figure this out and, and hopefully not miss any time. Yeah, and also, side note, uh, I think Bob McKenzie from TSM was talking, and apparently John Tavares might be on track to play Saturday. If not, he'll play uh, early next week, but he's not expected to miss much more time. Uh, all right, coming up next, we are going to actually dissect some comments that Ovechkin made before the game regarding the team. Uh, so we'll get into those in just a moment. All right, welcome back to the Lockdown Lease Podcast. Once again, I am Mike DiStefano, and I am joined alongside the Zoobs. Uh, Zoobs, did you have a chance to read these comments pre-game that Alex Ovechkin made about the play of the Toronto Maple Leafs so far this season? Yes, indeed I did. I, I think, uh, would you, do you want to read them off first? Yeah, I will. Um, so it was kind of a, he, he was asked, you know, oh, what, what do you think about the Leafs so far this season? You know, where thereabouts? He said, it's up to them how they want to do it. You know, if, if them want to play for themselves or if they want to win a Stanley Cup, they have to play differently. They have to play more as a team and, and less selfish, essentially, is what he was saying. Uh, what were your th- initial thoughts on this quote? I, I don't think he's far off. I, I think that's similar to what we've said without you know uh, being as close to the game as Alex Vechkin is. He's a guy that knows exactly what this feels like it took him he wasn't he didn't make the playoffs alone until he was 22 he didn't win until well into his 30s uh they had Pittsburgh as a roadblock and he's somebody that everything that's been said about the Maple Leafs team in the last week or so 
was said at one point about Alex Ovechkin, so he would know well. And I thought, um, you know, not wrong. I didn't, I didn't think he was wrong, and I, I, I didn't see any reason to be uh, too upset about it. Uh, just the, the full quote here is. There's still a young group of guys. I hope they're going to learn, but it's up to them how they want to do it. If they want to play for yourself or if they want to win a Stanley Cup, they have to play differently is the exact quote. Um, But, yeah, no, honestly, (laughs) it's funny, too, because before the game, Babcock was asked about his thoughts on the comments, and he said literally, so this is what Babcock had to say about it, and it's kind of funny because these were kind of my thoughts, too. But essentially, he said, well, there's, well, that's a veteran player who's gone through it himself and who takes a look over and sees himself. Uh, saw what he went through and things like that always sting more when it's right. So even Babcock, the coach of this team, is saying that you know he has a point, and the only reason why some people are getting a little upset about it and it's ruffling feathers is because he's right, and it's kind of a sore spot for the Leafs right now. But I have no problem with what he said because... Well, A, he's Ovechkin. He can say whatever he wants. He's he's good enough. He's proven that he can do whatever in this league. But at the same time, he is right. Uh, this team has been playing a little selfish. And I thought that tonight or last night, you know, they played a little bit better. I thought they played, uh, you know, kind of less selfish. They were sacrificing the body a little bit. Obviously, Justin Hall I talked about earlier, you know, getting in front of pucks, uh, they were getting in some shooting lanes and passing lanes. And, you know, I, I thought that maybe that the, that quote did strike a chord with the team. And they played some, some inspired hockey today. Yeah. You know, and I think, I don't think it was anything they didn't know. And I think you, that sort of bears it out um, in how they have talked about it in, in the postgame. Uh, Matthew said, how many times did it take them? To break through after losing to Pittsburgh, um, Babcock yep. called it a fair assessment. I think that's, um, you know, it, it, it's one thing when people like you and I talk about this, or people on the radio, or the media, or talking heads, or or, or just any old person that uh, that talks about sports living. But when someone like Alex Ovechkin says it, there's there's more to it, and it and it it not that it gets listened to more, but that really does resonate with with people like this and and you know there are few guys in the league right now with this generation more respected uh than alexander ovechkin so he knows what he's talking about um yeah totally agree with you on that um Unless there's anything else you want to talk about, I think that's going to do it for us. Yeah, nice and clean, nice and quick. We don't need for us yeah. to go into overtime tonight. Um, yeah, it, <laughs> <laughs> true, very true. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it's nice. Uh, it would have been nice to get two points, but I think taking points uh, at all out of this uh, was a good sign. I think it would have been easy after losing Muzzin to sort of fold it up. But I think earlier this week we may have seen this same team sort of fold it up, but now they have uh, the whole week to rest up. To, to feel better. Uh, they, they play again on Saturday, a very winnable game against the Flyers, and then they have the Kings on Tuesday, uh, and then the Flyers again on Saturday of next week with the Golden Knights in there on Thursday, and then the Blackhawks and Islanders in the next six games. So, you know, the schedule eases up a little bit. It was really tough out of the gate, but I think there is an opportunity here in the next five, six games to really put some points on the board and to really look at 
last night's game as a building block and say, okay, that's the way we have to play against everybody. If we play, if they play that way against teams that they are more talented, then the wins will come relatively easy versus sort of letting off the gas to start. I think that was a nice base. I think if you get um, one of Tavares or Hyman back and you get a little more uh, stability on the power play, I think there's some real building blocks here for for a strong run of hockey and, and the schedule as well uh, opens up and, and allows them to, to take some points here in a, in a quick uh, run of things. Hey, man, couldn't have said it any better myself. They got three off days in a row. They got some time to rest up after a tough month of March or a tough month of October. Uh, but October in the books, Leafs finishing 6-5-3 and three for 15 points in 14 games in the month. We're ready to turn it over. It is now going to—the next game is going to be technically November, and it's a totally new month. And what do we know about Freddie Anderson in the month of November? Red hot. Red hot. So I totally agree with you. I think the next few games, um, I think other than Vegas, you said they play Vegas next week as well. Mm -hmm. Other than that, totally. They got like four or five winnable games here in the next little stretch. So I I can see the Leafs definitely going on a heater uh, to start the month of November, which I am super down for because it was kind of of a depressing month of October. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasting platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. And follow Zoobs at the underscore Zoobs. Be sure to check back in here tomorrow where... Uh, I believe I'm going to try and get us a Marley's beat writer in here. I've been kind of chatting with him for a couple of days, and I think tomorrow we're going to link up because uh, since it is an off day, Marley's off to a hot start. So let's go ahead and, and talk with uh, talk about that, talk about the baby buds. So that should be fun. So, But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.